Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Green. I am your hostess, Beth Bond, curator of sustainable sustainable news and uh, environmental policy news for the Southeast and Southeast Green. And uh, Speaking of Green is a production of Southeast Green where we interview thought leaders from all points of view in regards to sustainability and living in a more green lifestyle. We are um, honored to have Russell Pfeiffer joining us this morning. Russell is uh, with Creative Solar, well, he's the president of Creative Solar USA, and he has just um, completed the Solarized Decatur DeCab um, program as the residential installer and has started a new Solarized program up in Greenville, South Carolina, so we are very honored to have him. Welcome, Russell. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So... Our goal this morning is to sort of flesh out how solarized programs have just been like super successful for uh, mm-hmm. residential installations in particular. And since you are the residential expert in Georgia and South Carolina, it seemed appropriate that we talk to you. So just just to start off, um, with solarized Decatur DeCab, we had an RFP process, and um, you were selected as a residential installer Tell us why residential installations, um, there's so many solar companies that don't do residential, so tell us why that has become your sweet spot. I think part of it comes down to uh, where uh, my background was in, which is one-on-one customer relations, um, trying to understand uh, homeowners uh, at, you know, to the more, more of a personal level. And I think we were uh, grateful that we could relate that type of relationship information to our staff and bring it down to a granular level in an understanding. But I think also it's a different education process uh, to a homeowner versus a business owner. Um, There is, as a homeowner, you find that there's a little bit more of a passionate um, process entity uh, that they have towards solar versus just the business owners. And when you're dealing with a homeowner, it's truly the only real investment on their home other than their home that will um, show as a true asset when they go to sell the home, uh, while they're in the home, and it also uh, how it just curves, you know, their expenses long-term down the road. I mean, really, there's no other, you could say, appliance that they buy, even though it's a large investment, that they buy that actually increases the home's value and shaves costs for 35 to 40 years, you know, not even a dishwasher or a dryer unit. Um, I think that's part of it. The other part of it, I think, is uh, we've been grateful as far as the timing of it. Um, I think coalitions help tremendously uh, in creating an outreach, um, and I think it's just getting out there to the point where 
uh, homeowners have an interest, but they don't understand it completely, and that's why it's good to have these little workshops that you educate them versus trying to – it's not a sale, it's an education process. And if you just stay transparent and show them everything about it and everything you know, you know, upsides, downsides, uh, it, it's truly it's, – it's, uh, it's a win-win situation for everybody. Well, and that has certainly been the case in uh, Decatur DeKalb. We're just thrilled yeah. with the success um, of yeah. what's happening. And um, I, I just I, I have to repeat this over and over and over. We have one street in Decatur that has ended up with, um, will, will end up with nine installations. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm trying to convince people that we need to change it to Solar Avenue. You know. There you go. Exactly. Throw the yeah. post office, you know, <laughs> and let's rename it Solar Avenue. So yeah. what what do you think, you know, we've had a lot of workshops with Solar Rise to Cater to Cab, and we're, uh, you know, doing quite a bit um, in regards to, pl- I guess you're doing quite a bit in regards to planning them up in, in Solar in, um, Solarize Greenville in South Carolina. What do you think the key components residents need to have answered to make this decision? First of all, is cost, just like anybody else. You know, <clears throat> if that wasn't an issue, everybody would be driving Teslas and Mercedes-Benz right now. So, uh, I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, number one is cost, but number two is, uh, I think, just the understanding of it because it, a lot of people don't know about it. Some people think that solar energy is just something that heats up water, um, you know, and it may sound crazy. Some people think that you get there's radiation from it. Um, some people have a perception that they don't want it on the roof because it looks ugly. Um, there's a unique subject there where uh, we've spoken to two neighbors, and they wanted to talk to somebody about solar, and they didn't even, even know that their neighbors had solar on the roof for a year. So uh, I think it, it, it's a lot of it's a perception. Um, there was a lot of stuff put out there. Uh, from, I guess you call you may call them naysayers, but a lot of people that were against it, even HOAs, you know, that have pushed back a lot are now accepting it because it's not as big of a cosmetic issue as people thought. You know, neighbors would see it on the side of their house, hear that their neighbor is going to put it on the side of their house, and they object to it, but would they object to having, having somebody having a Tesla on the side of their driveway in the neighbor's house? No. Well, what's the difference? It really isn't, and it's not as noticeable as people think. I mean, how often do you drive in your neighborhood and look up people's roof? You more look at the eye level, the street level. You really don't look up on the roof unless you're told or you're informed about it or you're actually looking for it. So it, it's a perception, really, that you've got to overcome, uh, and to overcome that perception, it's an education process not that you're selling something. It's an education process with facts and information. Oh, and um, one other tab. We we did break. We did hit over half a megawatt as of yesterday for Solarize the Cap. Oh, that is so exciting. That is yeah. really, really yeah. exciting. Um, and I will just tell you, being the solar geek that I am, I'm always looking for solar, and it sort of surprises me how many times I drive by it and I don't see it. You know, like I may oh, see no. it the third or fourth time I drive by it. So, um, and that's one of the things that I think that has really happened. So people are sort of used to seeing the silver aluminum and the blue glass, but, you know, I mean, people are very concerned about aesthetics, and I think that's yep. the other thing 
that y'all really brought value to Solarize to Cater to Cab, and I believe you're using the same panels up in Greenville, which is a black on black. Can you explain what black on black is? What? And you're right. Um, a lot of it has to do with the cosmetics, so we try to make it as architecturally and eye-appealing as possible. Eye-pleasing is more of the word, not eye-appealing, eye-pleasing. And a lot of solar panels are perceived that they're silver with blue, and they do make those, but they also make a black frame with a black um, cell. So they blend in with shingles and roof lines extremely well, and that's one big thing. And uh, one of the other things in uh, the campaigns that we have found to be very beneficial is um, the the process that converts the energy of the solar panels to where the home can use it is called an inverter and where we use microinverters, so there's one under each solar panel. And the big plus about that is that they carry the same year warranty as the solar panels, which is for 25 years, which is by the manufacturers, not by a solar company. It's by the manufacturers, and that provides a tremendous amount of, of, of uh, it takes a lot of concern or stress from the owner that they have assurance that that product's going to be up there for a minimum of 25 years without, you know, hopefully any issues. And if it does, it's covered by the manufacturer, so it's very little cost or inconvenience to them. So I think that's helped out tremendously as well. And and how, I mean, I, from an aesthetic standpoint, um, they're very pleasing and they, they, they can blend in the roofs. I mean, we all know roofs are different colors. But... Yeah. Do you think that's one of the reasons that sort of residential solar became less objectionable is because, you know, they solved the aesthetic look issue? I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is that the more it becomes um, a standard thing that's kind of accepted in neighborhoods, it's not as much of a concern. Um, it's not going to be as much of a concern. Um I think a lot of folks in neighborhoods, you know, people don't like change. I mean, just just the nature of human beings. We don't like change. Even if change is good for us, we don't like change. But once the Joneses next door do it and they see that it's not that bad and somebody else starts doing it, you know, it may be worth looking into. And, you know, the guard has dropped and they're more um, receptive to looking at it, if anything. And that's pretty much how it happens. But you've got to have, you know, before residential really even kicks in harder um, in, the, in the southeast is you, you've got the big commercial and utility scales, which is usually how it happens. And then it, it's a trickle-down effect of the economics because the more utility and commercial get put out there, it, it helps drive the cost down because of the volume. The manufacturers are able to, to create more. It, it, they're able to shave their costs and therefore it's passed down onto the residential homeowners, which is a big, big plus because, you know, we, we haven't been able to provide uh, costs for solar like this that we've had ever. Um, usually it's it's in excess of a dollar more plus a watt, and because of the volume of the campaigns for Solarize, it, it helps tremendously. Well, and that's, that's really good because I want to sort of move into the value to the community in regards to what solar rise programs bring to the community. And of course the first mm -hmm. thing is is community purchasing brings deep discounts in regards to purchasing. Correct. Correct. Um we we 
we set our um, eyes on Solarize uh, Cab Decatur uh, program. Uh, we were a little skeptic on going after the first one. Uh, we wanted to see how it did, how the public reacted, which was one of them, and we really weren't ready our, ourselves. Um, I felt that you know you had to have the proper staff and you had to have the proper relationships with the manufacturers. So during that six-month period, that's what we did. Um, so when the next one came available uh, to bid on, we did do that, but we wanted to go in pretty aggressive, which we did. Um, we were we were we were fairly uh, pretty darn aggressive, I might say. But it, it we think it's paid off a lot, um, and the people that have benefited the most are the homeowners, uh, and 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 also you know part of our proceeds go towards the nonprofits, which helps as well. But that helps a lot uh, in in. The Solarize campaign in South Carolina, we did the same approach. Um, there was a Duke rebate, which, you know, uh, systems were going for over $4.20, $4.50 a watt up there, and people were getting a check back for one-third of the cost uh, approximately by the utility, and that's gone. So a lot of people backed out, a lot of solar companies backed out. Um, we went with the approach that, with our relationships with our suppliers to help us in a bulk purchase program that we would basically shave one-third of the cost of the installation from day one. So that savings is already there, and then they have their tax credit, and then they get 25-year warranties on the product. So um, we went in pretty aggressive, and we think it's going to work. It's going to take a little bit more work, we think, up there because the culture is just still not uh, – the residential homeowners aren't as open um, and aware – of the value of what solar does for their homes just yet as people in Georgia do. But it, it'll it happen. It'll work out. Yeah, and um, new uh, Greenville, I guess, in some ways probably doesn't seem like a new market, but in a lot of ways it really it really still is. I mean, the advantage we had in Solarize to Cater to Cab was is we had um, a community that, even if they didn't really understand the nuts and bolts of solar, they were already very pro-clean energy. And I'm not saying that right. Greenville's probably not that way, but there's it, there's a lot more uh, – I mean, you know, Decatur Cab is the bluest, you know, county in the state, so let's just leave right. it at that. Yeah. But let's talk about, like, so there, there's other things that are that bring value to the community in regards to, like, if you're generating solar on your roof. So – if you overgenerate, you do put back onto the grid, regardless of where you. Well, at least in South Carolina and Georgia, and and how does that actually help neighbors well, who don't does, have solar? It, well, it, 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 there's a there's a rule of thumb, and if 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 you have one out of every four home having solar on their home, that reduces if one out of every four homes in a community area had solar, it would reduce the demand cost for the entire neighborhood for utility scale um, uh, by the utility company uh, all through the summer. So the rates wouldn't have to go up. So that, that gives you an idea of a ratio. But what it does is when excess energy from the homeowners pushed back out into the grid, that energy is going to get used to the closest source that's going to demand it. So you basically, whatever you're sending back out, you're going to get a credit for, whether it be avoided cost, which is about a third of the cost of the retail amount, or a net meter, which is a one-to-one -one match. 
the homeowner next door is going to benefit, and they're, you're sending them green energy. And so even though the utility company is, is going to charge them, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so people people who have no idea about anything regards to solar actually are consuming clean energy, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are, which is, it's, it's absolutely, it's very, very cool. I think it's very neat that, you know, if a homeowner is, is gone for the day and they got solar and the, the folks next door have kids and they're homeschooled or something like that and they're there during the day, they're getting those folks solar energy right next door. So it's it's, it's pretty neat. Now, one of the neat things, if I could uh, <clears throat> add on there, is that South Carolina has a one-for-one match of any energy they send back. They get a credit of the retail amount that they're charged. In Georgia, um, because the unfortunate some some of the monopolies have decided that um, uh, they're only going to give them what their normal cost is. So if they're paying twelve cents, anything they send back, they get about four and a half cents. And that's something that we're fighting to get changed um, to be a little bit more of a balanced issue. But uh, South Carolina has a really really good program right now as far as net metering with the utility. And <clears throat> Duke has come a long way. They're they're a very very good company to to work with as far as uh, interconnection and what have you. Which is really exciting because, I mean, I think normally people would assume that, you know, if you're in South Carolina, like other sort of smaller southern states like in Alabama, Mississippi, that right. the connectivity for solar might be a little more challenging. But because they have Duke, uh, it really does make uh, – it really does – it really is a more friendly state for solar than – like Alabama or Mississippi, Louisiana. And that's true. So, and even South Georgia. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's they, interesting uh, about South Georgia. Yeah, well, <clears throat> because um, utilities are not as, in a sense, consumer-oriented, regulated, um, some of the utility companies, uh, because, uh, you know, Georgia has, I think, my goodness, like 41 EMCs and, and like 31 municipality uh, utility companies, they, they'll check on rates that aren't consumer-friendly. And though they're saying that they're looking out for the best interests of the uh, rate payers, they, they actually aren't. They're trying to debunk it because in their eyes they feel that it's taking revenue out of their pockets, which, it, you know, unfortunately it is. But as technology grows, you know, the consumer is going to be allowed more control of the decisions they want to make, and the utility has got to allow them to make that choice. And I think if they're, going to, if they're going to keep pushing back, it's just going to make the consumers more determined to even use uh, newer technology for uh, energy storage to where they can basically just use the grid as a secondary source and use solar energy storage as their main source, and they have no say. So it's either they get on the uh, bus and you know play nice, or because of their pushback, it, it's going to result in something I think like how Ma Bell has gone away with all cell phones and everything. Well, and 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 that is, you know, so knowing knowing people at the utilities and and being, you know, you know me, just geeky wonky, you know, give me a good energy yeah. conference. I can <laughs> sit and tweet at all day, and I'm just, you know, duck and water. But sure, it's not that they're not aware of it. I think the challenges are is they've got such sort of big battleships that they've got to you know, turn, and that's, you know, that's not easy. You know, turning the battleship is not easy, and they're trying to figure it out. And I think the other challenge for them also is 
is the reward, the financial reward structure that we have in place is completely backwards. People think that they make their money, that utilities make their money from, you know, selling us energy. But the reality is, is, is the the structure is, is they make money from building power plants. And Correct. so, Correct. you know, they they've, and I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, ideas out there on on how to to change the system, but it's it's complicated. It's not it's not yes. an easy fix. They're like um, a big general contractor. About, right, exactly, yeah. perfectly said. Yeah. So one of the other values that we found through SDDK um, that I think all solarized, well, I hope all solarized programs does, is bring an educated, creates a, a better energy consumer um, in regards to how they consume electricity. And one of the things that we did in SDDK and I think is also happening with Solarized Greenville is you've got some you've got a really cool app on your phone or on your computer to sort of make you that better energy consumer. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um Enphase, which is the manufacturer of these uh microinverters, the reason I call them microinverters is that they're about <clears throat> they're about eight inches square versus the big inverters that are about oh my goodness, about a hundred pounds and they're twenty four inches wide and about thirty six inches high and they're this big ugly object that sits on the side of your house. So you have an app that allows you to see how much energy you're generating anytime during the day, and you can zoom in and you can see what your system's doing. One of the other pluses, though, is that we put CTs in that allow you to monitor what you're consuming. And when you do that, you can watch a red line versus the blue line of what solar is doing and what you're consuming, and you can really be a uh, energy, <clears throat> a true energy geek or an energy manager and, and manage your consumption along with your production uh, to, to the point where you can really, really watch your energy bill uh, drop down. And some people, they, it's fun. They like doing it. Other people look at it, hey, you know, every penny counts. We're looking towards retirement. Uh, let's see if we can change our habits. And even though some folks don't like the idea of change, you know, one of the things before cell phones really became popular is that we used to make phone calls at 11 o'clock at night when, you know, we knew that rates were dropping to make long-distance calls. Well, people are taking the reverse action now and monitoring their energy consumption along with their energy generation. And, you know, they'll have a timer and have their dishwasher uh, come on at 12 noon um, right at the peak of energy generation, and no one's home, so they're like, "Hey, let's let's do that." Um, items of that nature, and and being able to do that is really, really uh, a great way for just a, a, a single homeowner to be there and to be able to manage their own energy consumption and really manage what they're drawing from the grid as well. Uh, makes them a very, very smart consumer, and uh, maybe the utilities don't like that. I'm sure they do to some extent. But it gives more control to them. So it's it's been a really big plus. Uh, some folks are really having fun with it. Other folks they look at it and they just they find it entertaining. So it's a matter of uh, level of granularity they want to go to. Well, I mean, I think that in regards to everything, the more educated you are and the smarter the decisions you will make in regards to, you know, just like when you go to buy a car. I mean, you know, there's people mm-hmm. like me who are like. Does it have a radio and does it have an air conditioner? Good. 
and there's other people who want to know about performance and energy efficiency. Energy efficiency, of course, is, I mean, mileage efficiency <clears> is one of my things to do, of course. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, people can can take advantage of as much information as they want, and the ones who really do get the most value out of 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 their their purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been uh, uh, the value is becoming more and more. Uh, to that, and uh, I think you know, as long as you educate the consumer uh, of what they're getting, um, it's a hands-down, uh, very wise decision. Um, they're not really spending or wasting money; they're investing in their home, but also they're investing in in the future of their children. I think the you know, the next generation that we are bringing up is going to be to the point where you know they're. They're downsizing. They're not buying big houses anymore. They're downsizing. They don't need all this excess material items. And I think solar is going to be something that, you know, they're going to look more long-term as folks in Europe do. Uh, the mindset is coming about. So it's it's going to happen. Uh, it, it's just slowly, which is good. We don't need anything rapid um, because that creates chaos. So as long as the integration is, is slow and good and towards a positive means, I think everybody will benefit as a whole. Super. Russell, you're not going to believe this. We're already out of time. In fact, we are going to be over time. So (laughs) that's how I know we've had a good conversation and, like, blip, it's gone. So um, what I want to make sure we do is for people who – so Solarized to Cater to Cab is done. We're still in a contract phase, but in regards to enrollment, done, get a fork in it, you know, start However, you yeah. you are still available to do installations in Decatur, obvi- I mean, in DeCab, oh, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah, we're still receiving um, calls and everything. Yep. Yeah, so let's give contact information um, for folks in Georgia who want to get residential and solar, and then let's give contact information for folks up in the Greenville, South Carolina area who might hear this and are interested in the Solarized Greenville program. Um, our company website for Georgia is creativesolarusa.com. Um, we have uh, uh, our phone line here is 770-485-7438. And uh, I don't have my notes in front of me, but you may have the information uh, right on paper there because I got caught in traffic this morning to the web address for Solarize Greenville. So Solarize Greenville is very easy. It's solarizegreenville.com. And um, the phone number, just hold on one second. Um, I don't have um, – We both got caught off guard here. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't think about giving the phone number. Uh, hold one second. So the phone number for Solarize Greenville is – da 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 It's 803, I know, is the area code. Uh, 834-8019. There you go. Perfect. You yep. beat me. Yep. So, there you um, go. Yeah, so they can call up in South Carolina if they want to uh, – if they want to get um, residential solar up in South Carolina, because mm-hmm. y'all have a South mm-hmm. Carolina office, which I think is great. Um, the more yep. solar, the better. That is the answer to everything in my life now. The more solar, the better. There you go. You know, right? There you go. Well, Russell, we sure do appreciate your time, and thank you so my much pleasure. for being here. And we will look forward to having you back to get an update on Solarized Greenville. Always, always. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. So we, I, because I was on Solarized Decatur Decab, I wanted to get as many perspectives in regards to um, the Solarized Decatur Decab program from as many different 
points of view because you've got the installers, you've got the volunteers, you've got the homeowners, blah, 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 blah. So we will have the administrator, Don Moreland, on very soon. I believe it's next week. And um, we are working to get – we had Casey Boyce, but he, he was a homeowner who purchased, but he was also on the board. So we're just trying to get a generic homeowner who um, – didn't have anything to do with the organization of SDDK. So I hope you have found these um, informative and helpful. And we will, um, I think I think I've got a radio show Thursday. I don't know. I have to get on my calendar. But we definitely have at least four or five more episodes scheduled for the rest of March. So y'all have a green, groovy week. And we are signing out with Jeff Hicks and the Heretics, Lisa Peach.